as I go through each week and kind of go through the inner workings of sexymarriageradio.com, Gina, it, it's amazing to see people from all over the world mm, that, that watch, listen, that listen to mm-hmm. Sexy Marriage Radio. And so I want to say a shout out to our listeners and a thank you for what they do and what they bring to this show by just showing up each week. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Yes, you guys rock. And this is Sexy Marriage Radio with Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris, having honest, practical conversations about marriage and sex and relationships and love and whatever else is on your mind sometimes because we like to hear from you. So send us your thoughts at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. If you've got any questions or anything you would like us to cover in a future show, please let us know. We're happy to help any way we can. And if you also like the show, hop on iTunes, if you would, and give us a five-star review. That helps spread the word and leave a comment. And I love seeing that number keep rising as, oh, as we keep nice. getting feedback. That's a very complimentary thing. Love that. So I got a question for you, Gina, because this is something I know that happens. You know, for a lot of what we've done in our shows is we cover specific problems when it comes to sex and marriage. Mm-hmm. And we are the ones that go against the current and a lot of the stuff that's out there in popular culture today of we are proponents of the best sex is happening in the marriage bed, in the committed relationship that has the wedding rings involved, (laughs) and that that's the blessed and sacred aspect for sex. But that also leaves a lot of our audience, I think, that's listening maybe, that you know things are good in their marriage, Mm -hmm. and, and maybe they just listen... You know, because they love the sultry voice of Gina, or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they they love. I mean, they just they they have an interest in their sex life and in their marriage, mm-hmm. and they want it to stay going well. So, I'm thinking, let's cover how do you get from a point where your marriage is good, mm-hmm. and you move it into the great category. From good to great. Man, there's a, that's a good name for a book. Wow. Man, I, I think we could do a huge research study and look at <laughs> businesses. And No, that's a whole different ballgame. Uh, because it is something that, you know, I, I meet lots of couples. And this happens even in those that come for my to counseling or for coaching that I work with. And, and it's those, the, the couples that aspects of their relationship are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, they co-parent well. Or... They run a household well. Yeah, they manage their money. Right. They have a they, comfortable life. They, it, yeah, whatever it is that's going on between them, they're they're good friends. You know, they they mm-hmm. get along, but something's missing, or they fight over this one aspect, or and that's kind of what our show is about. A lot of times is we cover the one aspect. But I'm thinking of the couples because I know Pam and I have been in this boat, and you you and Paul have probably been in that boat at some point too. Of you know, you've been rocking along pretty well, but what would take it to the even next level? Yeah, I think sometimes one spouse will be more maybe non-confrontational, so you don't speak up about those secret dreams that you have that 
oh, if only my husband would be more of a leader or more of a spiritual leader, or if mo maybe there'd be more congruency in of our <clears throat> in our life, what we say, we believe, and you know, closing the gap yeah. between what we say and, and what we live out. So I think that's a fun idea. Let's talk about how do we take those hidden desires and and bring them up so that we do that go from good to great. And uh, make a marriage that's okay. a world-class marriage. Well, well, I think to, in to keeping me, with that uh, lingo from good to great. Exactly. To <laughs> me, the the first step of that is both mm. spouses have to be on board for that. Both spouses have to be on the bus. Yeah. No, you're right. So, uh, I think that's true. Which means that one spouse, though, is going to bring it up, which risks the. Um, Oh, the inclination to sound like you're complaining or yep. making somebody feel like things are not good enough just to say, man, you know, we have been going at this for so many years and I want to grow old together, loving each other more all the time. Mm -hmm. Is there any ways that you feel like we're growing that we want to include into our marriage, that, we're, that even our marriage is growing? So I'd start asking questions. Okay. Yeah, and this this will fall under under the categories of the high desire, low desire. Still, yeah, exactly. Because one person's going to have more motivation for this idea or for the improvement component than the mm -hmm. other, and that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just is. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind that even when you both want it, one of you's going to want it differently and more than the other. But exactly. yeah, I think both both the husband and wife have to be interested in it. It's not the reluctant, oh, okay, or, you know, that kind of a deal. So to to go to great, you both have to be interested in taking care of your part of it, taking care of you, improving you, being a part of what you want in your life, you know, going after it. Exactly. And, and then from there, it leads into kind of a shared vision, I think, for me. that That's what comes to my mind is we have this, this further out goal of, mm -hmm. It's not just what do we want to do with our money this year or what kind of vacations do we want to take. It's it's who do we want to be. Mm -hmm. And what people. kind of legacy are we building? Because things, I think, come more into focus. Well, at least for us, because we didn't have these conversations as young uh, newlyweds. But things come into focus as your kids are growing older and they are becoming young adults. And you think, wow, what kind of legacy are we building in them? Are they making the kind of decisions that we would want them to? So I, if I could do it over, I would love to speak to the younger couples and say, man, if Paul and I did it over, we would have unveiled our real family mission. And I think you guys have that. But we would have unveiled our family mission statement mm -hmm. much earlier is a big event with our children. Yeah. This is our this is our mission. This is what the Paris house is about. This is who we are. This is who we are under pressure. This is who we are when nobody's watching us. And this is what we're about. And I think that would have helped I think steer a lot of decisions along the way. So Yeah. At any point to to get clear on what it is you want to be about as a family and as a couple. Yeah, because I think a lot of couples and even then families suffer from boredom. And that's and that's a source of their problems is, you know, they're just living boring lives. And it's really hard to be excited <laughs> when you don't have some 
bigger meaning mm-hmm. or bigger calling to be a part of something bigger than yourselves. And and that's that's the beauty of the community, um, the beauty of a church that's active and alive, the beauty of just an organization that you're a part of that's bigger yeah. than you. Um, you know, a kingdom of God is the way I think of it. Of just you know, I'm part of something bigger, and and that's a, that's kind of it lifts us up out of doldrums. And, but see, and along the way, that that's so important to clarify how you go about that because when we go back to high desire and low desire. And building that kind of a life, you often see where one partner separates that out so much. Her spiritual life is a very big component, and her marriage is not as right. big. And, and so that creates frustration. Or they're so busy doing stuff out there that when they come home, they're exhausted uh, to give to each other and make that their very first you know, have this fire that burns from the overflow of what's happening at home. Mm-hmm. So I think part of doing the, all of that is is to have that vision and to be clear on how it grows out from from the center. Right. Because otherwise it, it, it can become a source of frustration rather than a source of gratifying pleasure and contribution. So it's like it's like blending all of that into your life. I guess, and then what What I think of when I hear you talking about that, Gina, is it's also, you know, because I love the idea of the family mission statement or just the, the bigger purpose, if you mm-hmm. will, for what we are about. Yeah. Because that sets the stage for how I, I, it helps me learn how to say no better. Right. Because there's so many things kids can be involved in. I mean, my kids, shoot, they're five and seven. <laughs> And every week they come home with a new invitation to a birthday party or oh, that's true. a new thing to sell for the school or to join this or to do that or, you know, all these things that they're inundated with. Mm-hmm. And and it's so easy to, well, yeah, I want them to be a part of that. Yeah, I want I don't want them to miss out. But then again, if then all I'm doing is filling a calendar and I turn around and go, where'd all the time go? You know, we we lost this or that or. And it's not that we deprive them of everything, but it is one of those, okay, does that fit into who we are? And if it doesn't, then you politely say no. Yeah. So having that clarity about what what is going to fill your time, what's going to, uh, like I said, be the core. For mm-hmm. We, and I, you know, I sometimes wonder if I would do this differently too. I think I've mentioned all the time from the time the children were little, probably five or six, we told them mommy and daddy do not live in a childocentric world. And they've always known that. Mm -hmm. And so today Kristen's 18, she's in the middle. And she says, I think that's totally healthy that you raised us without revolving around us. And part of me has these regrets. I think, oh, I wish I would have been a little more doting and a little more, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, because you and I are going to be similar in that. Because that's one of the things I've thought in our show prep of for this episode is there has to be boundaries around your marriage. And that's the core. I mean, I heard a statement one time of, you know, there's probably no more important relationship than that of the parenting relationship. You know, just well, trying. We've always known ours was that we were more about each other, or that that relationship did, and, did come first. And that's my mm-hmm. thought. That that was my reaction to it immediately. Was like, wait, no, I think the most important human relationship that we have is with our spouse, mm-hmm. because that's the foundation for everything else. 
Well, so far it's worked. They're pretty healthy. Well, it <laughs> gives you a pretty perspective. Pretty healthy young adults. Yeah, it gives you a perspective that, you know, you have to have boundaries. And, and this is what's funny that, you know, I had, I'm com- we're coming off a weekend of a spring break here with the time we're doing this show and we're coming off of that. And so my sister came down with her kids and her kids are the same age and gender as mine. And they love, you know, we don't see each other that often. And when they get, the cousins get to get together, it's just constant play. Right, you know, they, they love just, it. Oh, it's just a blast. But they parent different than we do. Namely, bedtime is just at a different time. I mean, we are probably one of the few that really have an early bedtime compared to a lot of people with our oh, kids. Yeah. And hers don't. They, they're up later. And, okay, that's just what it is. But so the first night when we had the – when it was just us again, mm-hmm. we put our kids down, and Pam's walking out – after getting the last one in, cause I put one in, she put the other and we're walking out into the, re- the other side of the house and it's like eight o'clock and we both just kind of, oh, we have time. We have a couple of hours. Yeah. Just you and me. This is nice. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, wow. Because that's kind of a boundary too. That's kind of a, it's, it's an intentional mm-hmm. idea of no, no, I, I, yeah, they need the sleep, but more importantly, I'm selfish with my time with my wife. You know, I, yeah. I want I want time with her. So, you know, date nights fit into this idea of, mm-hmm. or regular getaways fit into this idea, yeah. that, where it's just you and your spouse and just get away and claim that time. Or it can be as simple as you're having a conversation with your spouse, a child, doesn't matter the age, comes up and interrupts you, and you kindly, um, not right now. I'm talking with your mom or I'm talking with my wife. That works really well. You know, so I will get to you in just a second. And it's kind of, it's a claiming of the mm-hmm. relationship and the importance of it. And that goes it, a long way. It does. And when they see you dress up to go out with each other, I remember all the times that my parents would dress up to go out and we would think, I thought that they looked like king and queen, you know, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was, and it's nice to show that that, is something that you value because mm-hmm. we tend to just go out and it, we look sloppy. We're just, it's a last minute kind of thing. So that whole idea to put effort. And I said earlier that we're always sowing and we're always reaping. If we want to reap this world-class marriage, then what kind of seeds are we sowing mm-hmm. for a world-class marriage? But also harvesting takes effort. So some of that harvest is the effort that you put into uh, planning times away and planning times together, even the little times, like you said, at the nighttime. I can't believe how many couples don't ever go to bed at the same time. Yeah. Well, you can also steal moments throughout the day, you know, just sure. the, just the whole, you know, I, I had a chance to do a uh, how to talk to your kids about sex class. You know, we've done a show on right. that and. And it's one I made the comment of you can claim time at, you know, at nap time. If your kids are young, you know, at nap time, there's there's a great opportunity. But even if they're not that young and you still have, okay, this is a time for you to be in your room. I mean, my kids don't nap, but they have I have rest time or alone time or whatever, where you guys just got to be back out of the house away from me. Mm -hmm. And you can do that as as a couple, too. You can just close the door and just let them know, look, when the door is closed. You may knock, but you do not enter. Mm. And it's and it's just kind of a claiming of the relationship. And one couple said, we hadn't even thought about having sex in the afternoon when the kids were awake. I'm <laughs> like, well, 
close the door. You know, you can't usually go through the roof kind of sex and crazy, wild, real loud. That's not maybe the best time, but whatever, you know, claim it. Yeah, take time. So it's it's the time together. That's another component mm -hmm. of, you know, en I, enjoy each other. Yeah, to enjoy each other and to, to know, to ask each other. That's something we've talked about in in our marriage. What does it mean for us to live a life that genuinely reflects everything we say we believe, especially as believers? <laughs> if yeah. we say that we believe certain things, how does our life reflect it? Right. And uh, what's that look like? What's that look like in a day-to-day -day life? What's that look like in how we how we spend money, where we go, what we believe for, what we pray for. And, and so it's exciting because it puts us on the same kind of path. You know, we teach our kids how to believe for miracles. We mm -hmm. teach our kids how to live a supernatural life because that's important to us. So, you know, it, what's important to different families is what you want to sort of be in agreement on, and it makes it fun. Right. And then that, that triggers a thought for me of another component of what makes a marriage go from good to great mm -hmm. is the marriage or I, mean, for, I think it's going to be more marriage you're going to lead by example in this regard but it can be it becomes a family thing really quick you serve other people exactly you you, you are you are a part of giving your gifts mm -hmm. to others and and even it, it could just be a couple of weekends a year you get up and you go help a neighbor paint their house or you go help a family member clean their house or you go get a tree you know an angel a kid off the angel tree mm -hmm. and you go shopping together or i mean there's all kinds of opportunities mm -hmm. for serving and not to get political but the government's job is not to serve others that's our job <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> that's people i know that's, we that's live community's here job Exactly. We live near Nashville, you know, and on Thanksgiving, we were all serving um, meals to people that really didn't have any mm -hmm. food at Thanksgiving. And I know Jordan snapped us, took out his phone and took a picture of Dustin Lynch because he's quite the country star. He's from our little town. He was there. And I wouldn't have even known him. But Jordan said, oh, look, there's Dustin Lynch with us, you know, serving meals. So it doesn't matter if you're famous, if you're it's a great example for our kids, but a lot of times it does open doors for them to meet more people in a great avenue when you're out there serving. Well, and it also, your statement of not raising kids in a child-centric home, Yeah, it lets the people, each person individually in the home realize, I am not the center of the universe. Yeah, it's true. You know, that they there are other people I'm connected with and right. I have a responsibility to. Yeah, yeah and I will say that in the last five years, you know, Jordan's 20. I'd say since he's 15, that's something that's really uh, caught my attention with him is he's so quick to open doors for other people, always. He's mm -hmm. always just has this awareness of what would be good for so-and-so, what would be good for somebody else's baseball career. You know, they're really – baseball is kind of what pays yeah. his way through college. But um, that they do that. It is satisfying. And it's neat to see when your spouse is that way, just a, a real giver. So that will probably help you go from good to great when you're, you're not saying, well, how can we just get more stuff? You know, I'll be happier if we have more stuff. The truth is you end up a lot happier when you're giving and serving. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because that's part of that legacy. Exactly. You know, and that's, 
I think of my family of origin. I have an aunt who is now passed, but she married a man who was a missionary mm-hmm. for years. I mean, that's all he was. And he had lost his first wife due to death. Mm-hmm. And they met late in life, you know, late in life, 30s, I think, you know, but he had already had, he had already had all his kids. And so they didn't have any kids. She just became mom and adopted all the kids. But you talk about a legacy. They were missionaries in Italy all the, all the time I remember them growing up. Mm. Now, every single one of their children, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, every single one of their grandchildren has been on the mission field. Oh, or absolutely. is currently on the mission field. And I mean, yeah. that's an incredible legacy that yeah. that's just, that's because, and I don't think it was ever anything they said, you must do this. I think it's, they exactly. just loved it. They just lived it. And it was one of those that you just gravitate towards it. And, yeah. and that's, that's the idea of, you know, we want to be a family. I want to be a couple that serves. Mm-hmm. I love the opportunities I get a chance with, with Pam to go serve somewhere. You know, we have yeah. a couple of things we've done every year. Where it's right. just she and I, and we go and we work, and it's hard work. You know, you come home and you're tired, but man, yeah. you feel good. I know that's awesome. And and so that that's one of those that just makes you feel better, which then spills over into the marriage and makes the marriage better. It does because you any time that we're approaching marriage with a less selfish mindset the more gratifying it is. Because yeah. if you think about every time that you are so annoyed with your spouse, chances are you're thinking about what they're not doing for you. Yeah. So when we start to live giving and at the same time receiving, goes back to sowing and reaping, mm-hmm. you're expecting a harvest. Um, it gets better and better. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an idea to sum all this up, because here's I mean, kind of where we've gone so far with this show and how do you go from good to great is... Mm-hmm. Both people have to be on board with it to a degree. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have to be the same. They're not going to be the same. You need to have a shared vision or some sort of a design or an idea of, of a purpose yeah. of who you are that takes it beyond just you. So it's not just, I want you to complete me. You know, it's, <laughs> I want exactly. you to be a part of this journey with me because I have an idea of where I want to go and we'll figure that out as we go along and adjust. And then it's blending all the aspects of what's important into your life, into your marriage too. And, you know, so it's kind of a congruence of, I think you made the comment of being who you say you are. Yeah. You know, that whatever your mission is, that's what you live. You have boundaries around the marriage to where you protect the time and you spend the time together. And then you serve others. You kind of, you give it back. It's kind of full circle that yeah. I realize what I can do and what I have to offer will help others. And, yeah. and I think that's a great roadmap for making something that's been good because and then you just have this desire to not settle yeah and at the same time since it's sexy marriage radio i i kind of get the sense that some of our listeners tend to be in that camp they're very much givers they're very much faith focused but they don't at the same time create a whole fiery thread of passion that that goes along with that you know so guard when when that love in your life is is friendly or when it's uh, unconditional you've got that very giving love at the same time guard the element of love that's erotic and that's sensuous and that's mm-hmm. passionate it takes nurturing just as much so as much as you will place a priority on that it makes all the others more 
gratifying. Yeah. And there's, there's a role I think that fellows we play in mm-hmm. setting the tone in a sense of, of being a captain and mm-hmm. captaining the ship well. That it's not a domineering, it's not a, we're doing this at all. You know, it's not, it's not old school 1950s, the man rules the roost. It's, no, I have a vision of where I want our family to go. And you kind of set the course. And most wives willingly take Mm -hmm. the seat of first officer. They love Mm -hmm. that because it's like, okay, I don't have to be responsible for everything. I don't have to be the one that's taking the lead in everything. And they kind of melt into that and are great advocates and support and give you pushback. And you have to realize when they give you pushback, that's a chance to honor them and adjust course if necessary. And I mean, it's, so it's, it's realizing the role you each play and, and play mm-hmm. it well. Mm-hmm. We love the strength. <laughs> we love strength in our men. So well, it, it seems because I don't know, there's, there's a history now of recent history of men that have become much more timid, you know, the nice guy. Exactly. And so some, sometimes we got to combat that as men and say, this is what I want. This is who I think we are. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the living a better story. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the idea of when you can live a better story, most of the time people involved get in, get on board quick. Mm, that's the truth. Because it's exciting. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of a better story? <laughs> because part of a better story means everything in life is better, including sex. Yeah. Because then, then you're no longer doing the deprivation thinking, which you're big on. Yeah, and you, exactly. And, and you move it to abundance thinking, and and you realize, wow, there's so much more we could experience. I want mm-hmm. it. Let's go. Let's. What do we yeah. have to do to get it? Exactly. Go. Go after it. Absolutely. Live with some purpose, intentionality. <laughs> well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> We're glad you joined us, and thank you again for coming up every every time we have a show for showing up i appreciate you guys listening and if you want anything from us please send us an email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com yeah you bet we're here for you guys take care bye-bye let's talk about